I had to lay off 7,500 people in the last week. I have 8,000 employees. I've been in business for 35 years. We're in the heart of Times Square and paying $91,666 a month rent. The government offered a subsidy. It would pay 25%. I'm taking the position that I'm not paying rent because the government shut me down, not because of how I was operating, but because of the coronavirus. Welcome to Life on Planet Earth with John Aiden Byrne. Well, you were just listening to the concerns of two leading businessmen in the New York metropolitan region as the coronavirus pandemic rages at the epicenter in the United States, here in the Big Apple in the great empire state of New York. Well, it's grand to welcome you, and I'm your host, John Aiden Byrne. The two voices are very successful Irish-American businessmen. First up was Ed Doherty, the chairman and CEO of Doherty Enterprises, the 15th largest franchisee in the United States, which operates 146 locations in New York, New Jersey, Florida and Georgia across Six restaurant concepts, including Applebee's and Panera Bread. And next, you are listening to Hugh O'Lunny. Hugh is a native of Ireland and operates the famous O'Lunny's Times Square Pub in the heart of the New York Theatre District with his daughter, Maureen. And both Ed and Hugh were sharing with us their deepest concerns and fears about the economic impact and job losses because of the coronavirus pandemic. Yes, it's a worldwide pandemic and the problems seem magnified in cities like New York. O'Lunny's Times Square pub is silent these days and Hugh O'Lunny, a native of County Cavan, Ireland, was explaining his strategy for picking up the pieces. And like many other business owners here in the United States, he is treating the closure of his business as the result of an act of God and as he is forced to shut down against his will and as landlords come knocking for rent, he feels he does not rightly owe. We'll get to our full interviews in a moment and also talk to a young man who made his living as a head server in a upscale Italian restaurant in New York City and he'll share with us how life is suddenly changed as he lives in isolation because of the closure of the restaurant. Our interviews and reports were conducted over the past few weeks. Here's a wee clip from a recent press conference by Governor Andrew Cuomo of New York who has seen his approval rating soar as he takes command of this terrible health crisis. Then we'll get to our first interview with Ed Doherty of Doherty Enterprises. The bad news is 2,000 people walked into a hospital yesterday for the first time with the disease. And the worst news is 600 people died yesterday from the disease. A voyage of discovery in an uncommon age of unparalleled scientific, economic, political and social upheaval Life on Planet Earth searches for the unvarnished truth 
answers, solutions, and above all, hope for our existential crisis. One of the hardest hit industries in the United States during the coronavirus pandemic right now is the restaurant sector with layoffs that remind us of the Great Depression. Over the past few weeks, the federal government has stepped forward with small business loans and forgivable debt to small business owners with various stimulus programs to support workers, wages and payrolls. By the time this is all over, more than $10 trillion and counting may have been racked up in new federal debt. Now, as we record this episode at the epicenter of the coronavirus in the US, here in the New York region, there is a heated debate on about when to reopen the US economy. Some states are gradually returning to work as others hold off for several more weeks or months. Now here's Ed Doherty of Doherty Enterprises, one of the largest franchisees in America, on how the coronavirus pandemic is sharply impacting his well-known eateries and name brands like Applebee's and Chevy's Fresh Mix. We have 146 restaurants. Uh, We have 95 Applebee's, New York, New Jersey, and Florida, 42 Paneras in New York, and we have what we call nine specialty restaurants, two of which, John, are uh, Irish pubs. I better go and have a pint later when it opens. (laughs) With with our nine specialty restaurants, those are closed 100% because we really didn't do much takeout business there. We've, We've closed another four Paneras, and we've closed... Uh, two Applebee's so far, more to come. It's typically takeout, whether it's delivery through Uber or, or car side in Applebee's or rapid pickup in Panera, is about 15% of our business. And so th- that's maintained itself since we've been mandated to close except for off-premise. So we're down 85%. Wow. So it's quite a hit. Everybody's in the same boat, uh, if that's any consolation, but it doesn't help. Right. No, I know that. Where do you see this headed? Are we in for some relief if the coronavirus subsides or they find a cure miraculously, everything goes back to normal, or where is that? Right now, especially in the New York, New Jersey area, and now Florida, the the trend is I don't see it ending short term, and whether that's four weeks or eight weeks, I am not sure. I I know... uh, The government wants to get the economy up and rolling as quickly as possible. The the real question is, if we open up our dining rooms again, will people come back in in June or July? I think they will, but I don't think it's going to happen overnight. I think Uh uh, a lot of people are on unemployment right now. Uh, I I had to lay off 7,500 people in the last week. I have have 8,000 employees. I've been in business for 35 years. I have a well-respected company. I have hourly employees that work for me for 10, 15, 20, 25, 30 years. And I I had to lay them off. And and we're running whatever restaurants we have open. We're running with with the managers that were in those restaurants with one or two team members, hourly employees that help support them uh, to do the business. Those people are all applying for unemployment insurance. But these these are people that make, you know, $15 an hour, $16 an hour. They're going to struggle. Uh, if they need they need relief, 
on their rents, just like I need relief on my rents from my landlords. I need relief from my, my bank loans. The, then the landlords need, need relief on their mortgages. So everybody's going to struggle. So whether or not they're willing to quickly go back and run out and eat in restaurants quickly, I'm not sure. I yep. think it'll gra- gradually gear itself up. And, and let's assume there's a, a drug that, like, like Tamiflu for the flu, which makes the, the symptoms not as bad and not as many people are dying in hospitals. It'll take a little time. So I think once we reopen, business will probably get back to 60 or 70% for the first two or three weeks, and then it'll keep gradually going up. On a global basis, I don't think all restaurateurs will survive. And mm-hmm. I, I think a lot of the independents, uh, small restaurant owners, will, will not be able to survive, even with some kind of government help. I, I think some of the chain restaurants that are not doing as well as the larger ones, some of those those companies may not survive. Some of their franchisees may not survive. Because, again, you, you have different type of companies. Take, take Darden Foods, which is Olive Garden and, and uh, others. They're all corporate operated, and they, they, they just threw down $750 million, and they'll survive. In a, in a case like Applebee's or Panera Bread, these are run by franchisees for the most part, and, and Subway and, and Wendy's and McDonald's. They're run by franchisees who could have anywhere from, from two restaurants to 100 restaurants to 1,000 restaurants in a very large one. Will all of them survive? It, it depends on if there's a government bailout or not to bring people back to work. I have no problem with that. But So if I bring back my 50 workers in one of my restaurants and I'm only doing 15% of my business, I really have no work for them to do. They can, I can pay them. They can sit there. But that doesn't help my business. It may give them a few more dollars, and that's great. But I also need support, and I'm not sure if it's in this bill, so I do not have to pay my rent, and I do not have to pay my loans on my bank for a period of time until my business uh, comes back to normal. And, and that's in the details. And we don't have the details yet. Hopefully in the next uh, two days uh, we'll understand what those details are and then can quickly make plans. There's a feeling there'll be so much pent-up demand if people have the cash and they'll want to get out there during the summer. They have cabin fever and let's say everything subsides and there's a cure or we're close to a cure or restrictions are lifted. That should see a huge spike in consumer spending i i would hope so and i i I would i would pray to god that that happens the the other thing that could happen is people will travel less overseas and spend more time close to home or at the shore and 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 so they'll be spending their money locally versus overseas and you know from 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 my my perspective that 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 helps me because i have restaurants in new york and new jersey as well as florida but you know, New York and New Jersey is in the epicenter of what's going on right now. Yeah. I'm praying that, that this doesn't extend to all the other cities. Early on, we got stuck. We're getting out of it. We will get out of it eventually. But I hope it doesn't spread to the Atlantas of the world and the New Orleans and the, and the Dallases and the Chicago and, and everything else. That's, that's my fear. So you see yourself coming out of this, your business? Yeah. I've been in business for 35 years. Last uh, week was the worst week in 35 years. It compared 
a thousandfold compared to the crisis of 2009. Uh, that, that was nothing compared to this past week. So I, my goal is to keep as many open, so I keep my managers working and a couple of crew people, and so it's easier for them to ramp up and call their employees and keep in touch with their, all of our employees. So as soon as we, we can open our dining rooms, we get everybody back as quick as possible to serve the public. And then we can focus on the, the 15 that we've closed to, 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 to bring those people together. The great unknown is how long this is going to last. If it's short, then that's beautiful. But if it goes on through the summer, which hopefully it won't, that's a whole other situation. If it, if it goes through the summer it's going to be a bad situation for our whole country. It could could, could bring a a depression back to 1929 if it lasts that long. I don't believe it will last that long. You know, China, which had a more stringent lockdown than the U.S. has, uh, it seems after two and a half months they have it totally under control, and Wuhan will will, uh, reopen on April 1st, 2nd, 8th, something like that. And, and so I'm, I'm thinking it's really going to be a, a 60-day to 90-day to maximum. I think uh, the health industry will come up with some short-term drugs that will alleviate the problem so people who get sick will not die. And I think longer term, we'll come up with a vaccine which will help protect people, just like the flu vaccine helps protect people, where this ultimately will become another version of the flu where where most people who get sick recover and recover quickly. Trump's talking about lifting restrictions. Some people are pretty skeptical of that, but we'll have to wait and see. Right, right. I think I think this is a, a day by day process and, and it, it it's it's great to look forward to a day when we can all reopen and it may be different parts of the country reopen at different times. It, 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 if we had more testing, if everybody could be tested, okay, you, you'd understand who has it, who doesn't mm-hmm. have it, and 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 then you you can make you, you can do guidelines, and you can say, okay, older people, people with uh, underlying health issues, you stay home and you stay in self quarantine. You know, you, you may get it, but you're not going to get ill. You won't die from it. We have we have we have a, a treatment that will help you through this, and and just like the flu. And then we can then we can get back to work. The idea now is everybody go into quarantine, stay at home. But the lift restrictions is there a way that we could do it safely and people could go to restaurants, but maybe spread them out, not have people so close together, or is that foolish? In theory, you could do that. And so if you if you spread them out where you're at, let's just say fifty percent occupancy, that that really means your maximum sales are 50% of normal. Again, you know, and when the restaurants, even even my restaurants like Applebee's or Panera, there is a trend in the week on how sales are. So Monday is always your slowest day, and Friday or Saturday are always, always your busiest day. And so what's going to happen is on a Monday, maybe your sales will be 80% of normal, but on a Friday or Saturday, will you have waits up to you know 45 minutes or an hour uh if you have only 50 percent occupancy all you can do is 50 percent of the sale yeah and 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 then the issue is if people are waiting where do you have them wait do you stand them outside the restaurant in line six feet away from each other how did you get into the business you know i i work for for uh, I, i'm an old guy i'm i'm 73 years old wow I, uh, I, I worked for Marriott Corporation 
for, for 10 years from 1975 to 1985 in their restaurant divisions, not in the hotel division. In 1985, I decided to go into business for myself, and I became a, a Roy Rogers franchisee, which used to be a, a, a popular chain on the east coast of the United States. I did that for, for five years and then, then gradually moved over into casual dining with Applebee's, and I, I've, I've been a Wendy's franchisee in the past. And In 2002, I became a Panera Bread franchisee. And, and, and over the years, built the business. I started this business in 1985 with $50,000 of my own money, borrowed a million dollars from the bank. Before this crisis hit, I, I had uh, you know 146 restaurants. We did sales of almost a half a billion dollars with with 8,000 employees. And and it, you know it's a typical American success story. I'm an only child. I never knew my father. Only had a mother. Grew up. She owned a deli for. 15 years, I worked through high school and college in the deli with her, got a job, and, and uh, I guess uh, her, her entrepreneurial spirit uh, was in me someplace, and I said, I don't want to work for big corporations, I want to have my own business, and, and, and my wife uh, agreed to take a flyer, and, and uh, we risked everything, and we went into business, and we've had ups and downs, but we've been very successful. And where did you grow up? I, I, I was born in Brooklyn and grew up mostly on Long Island. Uh, you know, I, I met my wife, uh, Joan, 45 years ago on St. Patrick's Day oh. in, in, an, in an Irish pub called Rums on, on uh, 50th Street and, and 3rd <laughs> Avenue. Oh. And, 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 and uh, the bartender there was a guy named Dick Kennedy, and, and he ultimately owned a couple of restaurants called the Wicked Wolf in Manhattan. Well, I was born here. I have strong Irish roots, and it, it's fun to talk about the Irish pubs. That's why I started two Irish pubs. Well, we didn't have a St. Patrick's Day parade in New York this year, but I hope you'll have one next year. Yeah, I, I, I hope to. My wife and I generally go to it every year and, and watch it for a few hours and then uh, go out. And uh, I, I'm not a big beer drinker, but we, 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 we drink beer on St. Patrick's Day. Well, we catch up soon, I hope, Ed, and have a beer. Okay, I'd uh, love to, John. And that was Ed Doherty of Doherty Enterprises. Before we talk to Hugh O'Lunny, a native of Swanland Bar County, Cavan, Ireland, who operates the iconic O'Lunny's Times Square Pub in Manhattan's Theatre District in New York. These sobering words by William McGurn in the Wall Street Journal offer an additional perspective on the long-term impact of business shutdowns as he addresses protests by residents in various states in America urging local governments to immediately reopen their economies now closed on health grounds. Here's McGurn's words. Lost in all this is that the protesters are, for the most part, simply struggling Americans who have concluded that, at least for them, the cure is turning out to be worse than the disease. Here's Hugh O'Lunny talking to me. We're in the heart of Times Square and paying $91,666 a month rent. The government offered a subsidy. They would pay 25% uh, towards the rent, but which would mean I would have to pay 75%, uh, well, 100% to the landlords. But based on information I got earlier, Cheesecake Factory have over 200 locations and they cease to pay rent right away. So there is a clause called azure, and it's like an act of God, and uh, 
there's different uh, interpretations on that and uh, what an act of God is. So, well, anyway, I'm taking the position, uh, John, that um, I, I'm not paying rent because the government uh, shut me down, uh, not because of how I was operating, but because of the coronavirus. Now, so I rented a space to run a restaurant and bar. I can't do that because of the government. I have no income because of the government. So, um, the space is not uh, available for me to use as an income uh, base at the moment. And another factor, John, that when they give the okay to reopen, there's going to be a spacing problem. So I won't be able to utilize 100% of the space, So, which means the value of the uh, space is, is going to be reduced considerably because of spacing. So if I have to see people six feet apart or whatever they determine, it's going to reduce the capacity. Now, there are times, pre-theater and uh, other times where, and after work where you get a, a very good turnout, they're not going to come back later. I mean, if, they, if you can't let them in when they're ready to have that meal or have that beverage, they're going to go someplace else. So it's, it's going to be a very difficult uh, problem to overcome. And the Broadway shows are closed down indefinitely. And that's a big part of the business in Times Square. Not only the people who go to the theater, but people who work in the area, the tourists. And It's, it's a difficult time, John, and I, I think the government is going to have to uh, come forward with a better plan. Well, actually, uh, one of my sons had a place and his lease just uh, ended, so he's in a way, he's lucky to be out at the moment. He doesn't have to deal with the issues, which I do. Both of my sons have been in the restaurant business, and my daughter is my CEO, Chief Executive Officer. Maureen. So, Maureen, yeah, that's right, doing a great job. It's a trying, trying time, and uh, you can't call the landlord, Maureen, myself, uh, to see if they would make any provisions. So they said, no, they wanted a full rent, and that's the way the landlords were dealing with it. The landlords have a very strong lobby, you know, they're big supporters of politicians on both sides, no matter who wins, to have a, a friend on either side. Unfortunately, a small businessman doesn't have a, a strong lobby. But there's a fellow by the name of Mark Cuban, who is uh, very successful. He owns a, a sporting uh, team, and he also has... Uh, owns a number of restaurants, and he's joined with the White House to represent, in part, the small businesses, which we need, because it, it takes somebody who's in the business to understand some of the issues and problems you're dealing with. Hopefully, he will come up with some good uh, solutions or recommendations anyway. And also, I uh, paid my employees uh, for a month after the uh, close down. Some of them said that it would be better off going on unemployment. Mm. We get more money on unemployment. They were as wages, so... Hugh, how long have you been at Times Square? November 1968 was my first place on... I was on 44th between 5th and 6th. And then Times Square, I've been there 16 years at my present location, going on 16 years. You are one of Ireland's most successful immigrants in New York City in the hospitality service. When did you come to this country? Let's take a little detour for a moment. Okay, sure. I arrived uh, on my ship on the 7th of July, 1956. And two weeks later, I was in the American Army because one of the conditions of being allowed into the country 
at that time that I'd report for military service within six months. So I decided after two weeks to report. So uh, I spent three years in the American Army and ended up in the Pacific and Schofield Barracks on completion. Then I came back to New York. I had a good good run. You've seen the booms and the busts in New York City. Oh, yes, I've been through it all, and Giuliani was the one who saved it from destruction. We need somebody like him back again. Things are not should be or could be. At well, we were listening today to the mayor, uh, de Blasio, saying that New York might need a bailout and was calling for federal help. Its revenues are running low. Yeah, I can well imagine. There are a lot of people leaving New York, you know, that uh, not just Trump, but uh, one of my sons, he, he's moved mostly to Florida now. And a lot of people are moving out because of the conditions, not only uh, the taxes, but, but the, the crime. And a lot of crime is not kind of they want to keep the figures low, I suppose. Well, we have serious. a very good man in charge of the police force, Dermot Shea, son of Irish oh, immigrants. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's a good man. Yeah. So hopefully he'll be able to. But, but on the other hand, he can't, he can't have his hands uh, tied behind his back by the mayor either. He's got to have freedom to do what they need to do and mm-hmm. uh, get the respect back to the policemen. Mm-hmm. It's been shameful how they've been treated. I mean, you've seen that yourself. They are our heroes especially we see it so much now during the pandemic, all the hard work they've done, and many of them have gotten sick from the virus. God bless them and, and spare them, and our nurses, everybody on the front lines. Hugh, how does this compare to 9-11 in terms of just the challenges and the loss of business and the impact? Well, it's interesting that uh, after 9-11, a lot of people came to New York to help out from all over the country, uh, firemen, policemen, uh, medics and all. And a lot of them housed, stayed in hotels in the Midtown area. It didn't affect me business-wise as much as other people might have in the area where the disaster happened. You know, I survived it. I still have people come back who came at that time to help out. It was just a wonderful to see people coming together, regardless of party or religion or affiliation. It was a very special time in New York. People were very united and working together. And New York recovered eventually. It did. And, and uh, I would say the mayor did Giuliani again and, and the governor. They did a good job keeping the morale up under Amen. the circumstances. It, it, it recovered. But you know what's interesting? I'm some distance from the World Trade Center, but when the wind would be blowing from that direction and, and the weather was nice, we'd have the French doors open. But if the wind was blowing from that direction, we had to close them because of the, the fumes coming from, from the site of the disaster. It was a terrible it, reminder it was, of what had happened. Indeed. Uh, when will Olani's Times Square pub reopen, do you think? Have you any estimate? Well, I hope that it, it'll be at the same time as the Broadway shows, because as I said earlier, the, the uh, theatre is a big part of our uh, business too. It's not the only, but uh, one of the significant elements of our business. So I hope it's in coordination with them. And then, of course, there's a question again on spacing in theatres. If they have to reduce the uh, uh, seating in theatres, the tickets are already so high. A lot of families have been uh, can't afford to go to the theatre now. Years ago, husband and wife and maybe take a couple of children to a show. I mean, now it costs a fortune, like a thousand dollars if you're taking, uh, you know, your your wife and a couple of children. And then parking the space and. All of those charges. Yeah. Let's hope by the summer we'll see a gradual reopening 
and your doors opening. Let's let's hope and pray for that. Because you have some Indeed. Uh, splendid uh, yeah. service, hospitality, the food's terrific, and lots of space, and it's just located in the heart of Manhattan at West 45th Street. Between 6th and Broadway, near all the theaters there, and uh, subways and buses and trains. And, well, Hugh, we're and going to stay in touch and catch up with you when you do reopen. Thank you, John. Have a great day. After this wee break, we'll talk to a young man who was laid off as the head server at a stylish Italian restaurant in Manhattan because of the latest coronavirus shutdowns. Why are 20 veterans a day taking their own lives? In this new gripping, brutally honest memoir, Iraq War veteran Tom Voss reveals the answer and an unexpected solution to the veteran suicide epidemic. Driven to the brink of suicide by the moral injury of war, Voss walked 2,700 miles across America in search of healing. What he found was something medication and talk therapy couldn't give him, relief from the guilt, shame, and sorrow that had been torturing him for years. A relief that came in the most unexpected form, meditation and sacred breathing techniques that shattered his understanding of war and himself. Dr. David Shulkin, Ninth Secretary of the VA, says where war ends will inspire countless others, leaving them with a sense of purpose and hope. Brian Kinsella of Stop Soldier Suicide calls Where War Ends a captivating personal journey written with a compelling urgency. For veterans, their families, and anyone suffering from trauma, Where War Ends offers an antidote to the moral injury epidemic. Get your copy today on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Target, IndieBound, or ask for it at your favorite library or independent bookstore. Now, how is life for the hardworking staff of all these restaurants and bars and hotels and services forced to close or scale back and send staff home? Here's Mike Maranti, cooped up at his apartment since his job as head server at an upscale Italian-style restaurant in Midtown Manhattan, ceased because of the coronavirus closures. Mike also produces and hosts on the hospitality podcast, Not a Foodie. I'm adjusting. This last week was a rough one. Um, Things are better. I ordered a stationary bike, so now I can get a little bit more exercise in, and that's helping me keep to like more of a regimen. I'm a very regimented person, so it's a big deal for me. Now I kind of have one foot out of the industry, and I'm trying to go into finance. I was still working 20 hours a week as a head server for a cow group property, so I'm very much in the restaurant industry. Roche is the name of the restaurant, and it's one of uh, Cow Group's properties. It's uh, it's on 28th and 6th inside of the uh, Moxie Chelsea Hotel. I was the head server. It's a high-end traditional Italian restaurant. It, it, everything I wanted in a restaurant, it, uh, it did for me. March 13th was a Friday, and we had a meeting, and it was like, hey, we're only going to be open Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And then on that Monday, de Blasio and Cuomo put in the shelter in place and everything. So all non-essential businesses shut down. Even if they were doing delivery, which we're not, I still wouldn't be working there doing if they were just shut down and doing delivery. It looks like the, the coronavirus deaths are finally going down, which is really good news. But until the city has it under control, we can't open. I have so much respect for these people that are working grocery stores and stuff right now because there's no way I'd want to do that. It's very scary. They were having cops going to places that uh, people were saying were open. Even like speakeasy and stuff. I don't know how much anymore because every week is like a whole, every day is like a different world now that we wake up in. When 
this all first happened, they were like speakeasy sort of restaurants. What? Or they were just open and they were just like, whatever, we're going to stay open. But now I'm pretty sure everyone's just closed, doing uh, delivery only. I, I've said uh, New York City is better in the than the rest of the world at three things, and that's finance, theater, and hospitality. Broadway's black. Everybody's stock portfolio is down 30% and restaurants are dead now too. If we wind up in this for three months, I think it'll take six weeks. I think it'll take 50% of the time to get back. Just just because of, I, will staff have to be retrained? How many people from the restaurant staff are gonna go back? They're not gonna be open at full capacity the day that they open. They're gonna probably go three days a week to four days a week to full schedule eventually. I think it, it's gonna be a very trying time. The the real like top New York City restaurateurs, the, the Danny Myers, the David Changs of the city, they're gonna have to really um, show us what was gonna have to happen. I, if we're good, if if the city is good, if we were able to flatten the curve and treat this now and make it like it's the flu or anything else and be ready for it and not have a million cases a day, I think by the summer there'll be something. I, I think July 4th there'll be things. I mean, July 4th is like the deadest day in Manhattan. You can go walk into any restaurant on July 4th and get a table because everyone's out east or in the state. So I'm thinking by then, as long as we are flattening the curve and being able to treat everyone and having less and less deaths and getting back to normal. I think the summer, it's not crazy. I think that there's going to be some semblance of hospitality. But if if we're not able to flatten the curve and it's still like this with shelter in place, what are you going to do? I am such a social person. My days, I was, I was at the, um, I'm going into career in finance. I would wake up at 6.30. I would go to the gym. I would get home. I would shower. I would get to the office around like 10.30. I would do cold calling, I would study, I would get to the restaurant around 4, I'd work till 9 or 10 o'clock, get home around 10, 11 o'clock, uh, watch like an episode of TV, hang out with my dog and go to sleep. And that was like my super regimented schedule every day. I was around a million people, now it's just nothing, and it, it's definitely making me stir crazy. It's just me and my dog. I'm your host, John Aiden Byrne, and thank you for listening. I like this. President Donald Trump responding to New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio's idea to hold a ticker tape parade for healthcare workers after the pandemic had this to say. When it's all over, that sounds like a great idea, said the president. They deserve it. They're warriors. They've done an incredible job. Ed Doherty of Doherty Enterprises will sign us off on plans to get through the business shutdowns to fully serve his loyal customers and diners across the United States and in the New York region, like he has done for years. Cash is clearly king more than ever. I have, I have never in 35 years laid off an employee, and I had to lay off 7,500. Uh, but, yeah. but, uh, but, but we're managing our cash. And we're protecting our cash because if I don't have cash at the end, I cannot reopen. Because it costs money to reopen open businesses. You've been listening to Life on Planet Earth with John Aiden Byrne. To reach the host or learn about advertising or sponsorship opportunities, call 973-664-9460 in the U.S. or email burndesk at gmail.com. 
That's 973-664-9460 in the U.S. or email burndesk at gmail.com. 973-664-9460 in the U.S. or email burndesk at gmail.com.